Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Concerns or, or you need help with anything, uh, call me or call Elder Sam or uh, we'll help you out if we can. So, uh, But keep him in prayer. Keep the nerve in prayer. Um, anyway, today, title of the message is God is Concerned About All of His Creation. So this is part four. This is the last message in Pastor Willie's series on Jonah. Okay, and to review what he covered two weeks ago, he covered repentance. He talked about godly sorrow producing repentance. Okay, and certainly when Jonah was in the belly of the whale, that's a good time to think about things, isn't it? Because you can't go anywhere. Uh, (laughs) So Jonah repented, right? That was a good thing. Uh, David repented. He talked about that with Bathsheba. Nathan confronted him. David acknowledged his sin and repented. And so what do we need to do when we sin? You know, uh, we, if you think about it, a lot of times we confess our sin, which is, which is excellent. That's the first thing to do. But we don't want to stop at just confessing our sins. We really want to say, you know what, God, help me not to do that again. That's really the goal, isn't it? Is to practice righteousness and not fall into practicing sin. So Pastor talked about godly sorrow producing repentance. Also, uh, nothing is impossible with God. Right? It doesn't matter. If you need delivering, God could raise up a whale and deliver you. And if you need to eat dinner and you're sitting and laying by a brook, God can send a raven to feed you. So... If God could do it for them, if God could deliver Daniel from the lion's den, right? God can deliver us however He wants to. So nothing is impossible with God. And we are His children. Alright, so that's what He covered uh, two, weeks ado, two weeks ago. Today is uh, God is concerned about all of His creation. And Carl, we have a map, or Ivy, we have a map we could put up there. Well, let's take a look at this map here. Um, hopefully you can see it. Uh, you see where that red arrow is. The beginning of that red arrow starts at Joppa. That's where Jonah got on the boat to run away from God. And you see he wanted to sail, uh, he wanted to sail west towards Tarshish, 2,500 miles uh, in the opposite direction where God wanted him to go east to Nineveh, right? Now, you see that line that kind of squiggles around in the Mediterranean Sea? Well, somewhere that whale was zig- uh, zigzagging through the Mediterranean, right? <laughs> now, we really don't know where the whale coughed him up onto dry land. Uh, that map shows it happens in Syria. I guess if God wanted to put him on land closest to Nineveh, he would have put him right there in Syria. So, again, that's speculation. But it's kind of interesting to think about it. So Jonah, if he, if he was vomited onto dry land, he would have about a 400-mile journey to Nineveh. And Pastor already said that a day's journey is about 20 miles, so 400 miles divided by 20, uh, about 20 days. So a minimum of 20 days walk just to get to Nineveh. Now think about it. Uh, Pastor was pretty graphic uh, when he mentioned the whale vomiting Jonah up onto the land. 
And so I guess if you really think about what it means to be vomited up, uh, it would probably be a pretty nasty affair, right? So the question is, uh, what did Jonah look like? And there, there may be a reason to actually explore this, okay? So chapter 2, it said that uh, seaweed was wrapped around his face. Okay, now when I, I never really watched those uh, zombie type movies. I don't, I don't think I did, but if you imagine Jonah, you know, coming out with all the seaweed wrapped around him, you know, kind of walking to Nineveh like this, I, I don't know. But uh, there is an account that I want to read to you. It's a whale tale. Uh, and it might be true. And this is kind of interesting. It, it explains what might happen to somebody coming out of a whale. Now, this was from uh, a news magazine called the Yarmouth Mercury. In August 22, 1891 was the date of this article. And the title of the article is this, Man in a Whale's Stomach, Rescue of a Modern Jonah. Okay, so I'm going to read you a brief excerpt on this. It's kind of interesting. Bartley was a seaman aboard the whaling ship Star of the East. In February 1891, while the ship was near the Falkland Islands, a lookout spotted a sperm whale several miles off. Two boats were launched. One succeeded in harpooning the whale, but the second was upended by the whale's tail and its crew was tossed into the water. One man drowned and another, Bartley, could not be found. Guess where he was. The whale was killed and hauled to the side of the ship where the crew set to work carving up the carcass. The next morning they hoisted the stomach on deck and were surprised to see signs of life. Inside they found the unconscious Bartley who they doused with seawater and he soon revived. For two weeks he was a raving lunatic. That's kind of interesting. I guess I would be. But by the end of the third week, he'd fully recovered. Barley recalled being swallowed by a great darkness, uh, then slipping along a smooth passage until he came to a larger space. I guess that's going down the tongue. Uh, He felt slimy stuff around him, and he realized he'd been swallowed by the whale. He could breathe, but the heat sucked the energy out of him, and he eventually passed out. The only lasting effect of the incident was that the skin of his face, neck, and hands was bleached to the color of parchment by the whale's gastric juices. Okay, so, you know, interesting story from 1891 of a modern-day Jonah. So, Jonah comes out of the whale. Why do I belabor that point? Um, You know, it's possible Jonah's skin was bleached, right? Because Jonah's going to go to Nineveh and he's going to talk to the people. And what are the people going to see as a visual when Jonah shows up? That's the only reason I bring, bring that up. Alright, so we talked about Jonah's walk. Let's take a look in Jonah chapter 3 and see what God tells Jonah once he gets vomited on the land. 3, 1 through 3. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah rose, went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Okay, so this is good, right? Jonah repents in the belly of the whale. He gets coughed onto land. What does he do? He goes to Nineveh, just like God told him. So God gives him a second chance. Does God give a second chance sometimes? 
third chances, fourth chances, but don't push it. <laughs> don't push it, right? All right, so Jonah's going. Uh, and it said it was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Well, what does three days walk mean? Well, if one day's walk is 20 miles, three days would be 60 miles. What was the city? Was the diameter 60 miles? Or was the circumference 60 miles? We really don't know. But scholars believe it was the circumference that was 60 miles. So if the circumference was 60 miles, C equals pi times the diameter. You remember from... Come on now, hang with me. So if I'm solving for the diameter, you can divide both sides by pi, 3.14. 60 divided by 3.14 is about 18-some miles diameter, right, Jason? (laughs) Jason's hanging with me. He's the only one. (laughs) A fellow math teacher. So anyway, um, I mean, if it was a diameter of 60 miles, that'd be like a city from here to Charlottesville. That'd be a huge city. And maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. But anyway, Jonah's walking through this big city of Nineveh. Okay? And so what's he going to do when he gets to this city? Um, Well, he's a sign to the Ninevites. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 11.30. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. So Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites. Okay, the question is, what is a sign? Well, particularly in the Old Testament, God raised up prophets and made them object lessons mainly to His people. Right? Remember, Ezekiel had to cook over dung. And Isaiah named his one child, a remnant shall return. Hey, remnant shall return. Come here and pick up your laundry. <laughs> His other son's name was Quick, come to the spoils. In other words, that was an object lesson that the Assyrians, and the very people Jonah was going to, uh, were about to come and take the northern kingdom away and bring them to judgment. So anyway, God used the prophets in the Old Testament as object lessons to bring forth a point. So what kind of a sign was Jonah to the people of Nineveh. It's really, it's all speculation because did he show up on their doorstep with the seaweed still wrapped around his head? Was his face and skin all bleached? Because if it was, they would say, hey, what's, what's up with you? And Jonah would say, well, you're not going to believe this, but <laughs> I was in a whale and I didn't want to come here because we hate you. Uh, but God, for some reason, seems to want me to come here. So... Here I am, and by the way, repent or be destroyed. I mean, who knows what, what it was like. All right, so we're going to get, actually the Scripture is going to give us a little more information. All right, so Jonah is a sign to the Ninevites. Um, let's hear his message. This is kind of interesting. Chapter uh, 3, verse 4. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, so he's, I guess within 20 miles, He cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said. Forty days you have. You're going to be destroyed if you don't repent. And, you know, did he say more? It's not recorded if he said more. If that's all he said, that's an amazing message. Because the whole city ends up responding 
to his message. In fact, it's probably one of the greatest responses to an evangelistic message ever. Why do I say that? Because the number of people in Nineveh that responded to Jonah was tremendous. Um, We're going to see in a minute there were about 120,000 children, little children in Nineveh. So the number of people would be at least half a million, maybe 600,000, 700,000 people. They all respond to his one line. And we're going to see exactly what he says. It's pretty interesting. Um, Now, you know, we're talking about the people responding to Jonah. Before I I read how they responded, you know, why did they respond the way they did? Um, Like I said, sometimes the signs, it could could have been Jonah's appearance being used as an object lesson. I have no idea. But there's one thing I'm absolutely certain of why the people responded, and it was because Jonah delivered the Word of God. Okay, Because the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce between joints and marrow, even to dividing of the intense thoughts and intents of the heart. So when the Word of God goes forth, something's going to happen. And Isaiah said, it will accomplish what I have purposed. It will not return to me void and empty. That's really what happened when Jonah spoke that one sentence. The Word of God hit 600,000 people. It's intense what's about to happen here. All right, let's, let's go to Jonah 3, 5 through 10. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. The guy issues his one-liner and they believe. And they called a fast and put on sackcloth. That's just the goat's hair that they wove into a garment. It's all itchy and scratchy and smelly probably. Um, from the greatest to the least of them, When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on the ashes. So now the king is repenting. The people from the greatest to the least are repenting. So what are they doing? He issued a proclamation and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing Do not let them eat or drink water. Do you hear what he just said? He's saying, hey guys, you know the cow that's in your field? We're calling a fast for your cow. And you know the sheep that you got penned up? The sheep are going to fast too. We're going to fast water and we're going to fast food. So I've never heard that before. This guy is calling a fast for his animals and the people. I mean, this guy is serious, right? This guy is evil, mean, wicked, and nasty. And he's calling a fast to repent for his wickedness. This is pretty amazing. Both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. Not only are the animals fasting, they're wearing sackcloth. You, you ever see those... Uh, we have a dog, right? And You know, when dogs go out in the winter, they have these little cute dog things that they put on them. And what, I don't even know what they're called, but we have one. I mean, you got this sackcloth. Or <laughs> you get this 2,100-pound cow, right? And you're trying to get sackcloth around the thing. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're putting sackcloth on the animals. This, this guy is serious. That they may call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. 
who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw His burning anger so that we will not perish. It's amazing. When God saw their deeds, okay, it's, what's this, what did John the Baptist say? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So if you say, God, I repent, there better be some works to back it up or you didn't mean it. So when God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which He had declared He would bring upon them, and He did not do it. Isn't that something? What's God, what was God really doing? God, in, if you read uh, Paul said in Romans, he said it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. What was God showing to 600,000 evil people? His kindness. And you know, I was thinking about it. I'm just going to back up. It really, it didn't start there. God was showing kindness to them. God, we know God showed kindness to Jonah, right? He delivered him. He could have let Jonah drown in the sea. But then I thought, you know, God really showed kindness to the sailors. How did He do that? They could have been destroyed in the big storm. But it's not only that. What did God do for those sailors? They saw a miracle, right? Why? What's so kind about showing heathen, pagan sailors miracles? So they could say, oh wow, you know what? Your God must be the true God because there's nobody else that could still this sea like He was. So the sailors are coming to the one true God. Jonah's being delivered. Now 600,000 wicked Ninevites and 120,000 children are about to be delivered also. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's really an incredible thing. So the kindness of God is really an operation. God really cares about His creation. It's just interesting how the book of Jonah is using animals. And it's going to use it again here. We'll see in a few minutes. So, what if God didn't reach out to Nineveh? What would happen to Nineveh? They're going to be, they're going to be destroyed. Once your sin gets up to heaven, sorry, it's over, right? And Sodom and Gomorrah had a certain amount of time to think about their sin and repent. Did they do it? No. When your sin gets to heaven, I'm not talking about the church. I'm, I'm talking about the Old Testament way God did things. Once your sin reached heaven, it's too late. You're history. So God had mercy. God reached out, raised up Jonah, and had him do as well. Does God want us to do that? I mean, <laughs> we know the Gospel, right? We have more revelation than Jonah ever did. And we have been reaching out. And in fact, I appreciate you know, the VBS videos. Everyone that worked so hard on VBS, your efforts are worth it. Why? Because you showed kindness to children and families. Because God wants to show kindness to children and families. Because He wants them to know who He is. Right? God doesn't want these children growing up without Him. That would be terrible. Um, you know, Brandy reached out uh, on the internet. We advertised. There's a sign out front. We advertised. Um, flyers were passed out. We advertised, right? And it was a success. I mean, praise God. The children. Jesus said, hey, bring the children to me. I want them. And that, that's exactly what we did. And praise God for it. You have another opportunity to reach out. Uh, 
Day in the Park. You guys know what that is? Um, it's going to be this year, September 10th, Saturday, 10 p.m. to 3 p.m. So mark that on your calendar. It'd be really great if a lot of you could come out. Um, it's a time when community groups and church groups serve our community with children and family fun. So we're going to go out again. Uh, we're going to have a tent set up like we did last year. We're going to do face painting. We're going to do children's games. Um, we're just going to have fun. Uh, but we're also going to pass out flyers, uh, invite the people to church. We're going to engage people in conversation. Why would we ever want to do that? <laughs> because God cares about them. You know, last year, the day before, I shared this with you last year too, but I'll just remind you, the day before day in the park, I went out to Miller Park just to scope out our site to see where we were going to put the tent and all that. And there was this guy in the park and he had the bottle, right, in the paper bag. And he called me over. I wasn't going to go over to him, of course. I was scoping out a place. I was too busy to go over and see this guy. Well, this guy calls me over. So I go over, I'm talking to him. He's just talking, talking, and... uh I said, you know, if you're calling me over and you're drinking from a bottle, you're going to hear something. So, <laughs> you know, my time's not going to be wasted. We're <laughs> not going to talk about the green grass here. So I just, I just say, hey, you know, you, you, God loves you. He sent His Son. You can be delivered from alcoholism. It's sin. God has a plan for your life. He wants to save you. You need to get rid of the alcohol and you need to follow Jesus Christ. He went over to the garbage can and he dumped it out in the garbage can and he threw it away. That's the first time I'd ever seen anybody do anything like that. But see, we, we hadn't even had the day of the park and God was trying to do something. So what's God want to do this year with day in the park, right? Well, guess what? He wants His light. We're, we're shining right now in the four walls. We're all encouraged. We're all built up. We're all happy. So when we go out, Let's take that joy that we have so people can see it and let's see what God's going to do. So I really need your help. I need people to drive a truck and help me carry tables and chairs. I need people to help us set up the tent. I need people to do face painting. I need people to run games, that little kitty striker. Everyone loves that thing where you beat on it. You guys remember that? Um, so I need, I need a lot of help. Uh, so see me after church or see me sometime if, you can help in any area. All right, so talking about reaching out, right? Because if we don't reach out, why did we even get saved? I mean, it doesn't make it. The Son of Man came to, came to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a lot of people walking around in Miller, lost people walking around in Miller Park. So let's, let's go see what God wants to do with them. All right, so um, Jonah still has a problem. Jonah repented, right? And he went to Nineveh finally. But did Jonah really repent in his heart? The problem is Jonah went to Nineveh, but he still hated the Ninevites. Okay, so we can obey God externally, but still not have the right heart attitude, can we? So God, in His mercy again, He's like, okay, Jonah, physically you did what I asked you to do, but I see there's some problems with anger. We're going to do, God's going to do anger management 101 with Jonah. You ready? <laughs> and don't laugh because we all have little anger, our little anger issues, don't we? And we'll, we'll get to us here in a minute. 
All right, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Okay, wait, wait a minute. What, what greatly displeased Jonah? 600,000 people repenting greatly, plus the animals. <laughs> they had sackcloth on too. Okay, Jonah, Jonah has a serious problem, doesn't he? He really does. We do too sometimes. So he prayed to the Lord. <laughs> Please, Lord, was, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. I mean, this guy, you see, God wants to help Jonah, right? God's going to help his prophet. Um, You know, but before we're so hard on Jonah, okay, um, I tried to think of a modern day example that would fit Jonah and why he might have such a hard time in a modern context. I don't know how how close this is, but it, it's certainly a context to think about. Let's pretend you are a Jew during World War II. And you're a Christian. You're a Messianic Jew, right? And you're in a concentration camp. And the Nazi, your Nazi... Uh, what's the word, your Nazi captors are abusing you. They're screaming at you. You're sleeping. Uh, You don't have clothes on. And it's so hot. And there's body lice. And there's bugs everywhere. And it's disgusting. And it smells. And they're shooting people. And you're weak. And you're emaciated. And everything that's your, your reputation, everything's been taken from you. Everything. You've already lost your family. They've already been gassed. Or killed, but somehow you survive, right? And you're Jewish, and they're doing this to your people. But you're a Christian, so God speaks to you and says, "Go and talk to your captors and tell them that I love them and I forgive them." You think you can do that? I mean, so you know, I don't know how similar that is, but you, you kind of get the picture here. That's probably how Jonah felt. I mean, this is a pretty serious enemy of Israel's. And to go and do something that significant, I mean, Corey Ten Boom had trouble forgiving them. She really did. And so, you know, we need to, we need to understand Jonah here a little bit because we don't really understand uh, the context fully, I don't think, of where he's been. But anyway, God's going to help him. By the way, Corey, Corey did pull through on, on the forgiveness thing because God pulled her through. All right. Um, let's see what happens. How is God going to help Jonah? Let's look in uh, 4, 4 through 11. The Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry, Jonah? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. Then he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. I think this means 
He's going out. He's sitting down. He's got some popcorn. And maybe God will destroy him. He's hoping they will. He wants to watch the show. Man, it's kind of a weird way to put it. But, I mean, I think that's what he's doing. All right. So the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from the discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about this plant. He was very, very happy. He cared for this plant. He was compassionate towards this plant. But God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day and it attacked the plant and the plant withered. So when sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, death is better to me than life. Okay, he's pretty miserable. Then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, yes, I have good reason to be angry about the plant, even to death. And the Lord said, well, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work. And you didn't cause it to grow and it came up overnight and it perished overnight. You didn't do any of that. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right hand and their left hand? Who are they? Little children, right? As well as many animals. All right, what's, what's God really saying to Jonah? He's saying, Jonah, look, a plant came up. You had nothing to do with it. It grew, it made shade, and then a worm came and withered, it died. And you're all happy about that plant. You cared about that plant. Right, Jonah? Jonah's like, yeah, I want to die. God said, look, I made the Ninevites. You didn't make that plant. I created the Ninevites. I made their sheep their oxen and their goats. I made the 120,000 children, Jonah. Don't I have every, every right I want to to show kindness and compassion on them if I want to? And that's the final question. God leaves with Jonah. I mean, Jonah. But that's God's mercy, isn't it? Because we don't know what happened to Jonah. We don't know how he went back home. You know, Did, did he finally say, God, you're right. I'm so sorry. We hope that's what happened to Jonah. But we really don't know. I'm guessing though with God's... You know, God knows how to draw us back as a loving father, doesn't He? So my guess is Jonah did come all the way around, full circle, heart repentance and love for God. And God restored him completely. So we talk about Jonah, right? And I alluded earlier that, you know, Jonah had some anger issues. Um, you know, I wonder if, if there is some Jonah in all of us. You know, why do we get angry? I know why I get angry because I don't get my way. That's one reason I get angry. Or I have expectations. And my expectations aren't met. So that can make me angry. I might get angry at a certain political party. I might get angry with a coworker. I might get angry, I mean, for anything, right? I might get angry 
over some ethnic thing going on. So, God is looking for repentance from sin, but God is always after what's going on in our heart, really. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why do I think this way? Why did I just got, get angry with my wife? Or why did, why did I react when my son uh, threw the ball and broke the light in the dining room? <laughs> you know, and so I have to say, okay, God, help me, right? So before, a lot of times we need help because I, I don't feel like repenting. I'll confess to God. My, I'll always get there, but if, let's say, I, I react wrongly to my wife in some way, well, I'll walk away. I'll be upset or angry or whatever. I'll confess to God immediately, but I won't always go to her because it's just, it just hurts too much. I just, I just need to go away for a few minutes or for a few hours and just let my ego deflate. <laughs> okay. You know, when you deflate an air mattress, it takes a little while. Well, the ego is real big. It doesn't immediately, oh, forgive me, I was wrong. It just, sometimes it hurts, you know. It's, you just give it a little time to deflate. But anyway, God really wants to help us. Um, some closing thoughts. Uh, these are Pastor Willie's closing thoughts. Uh, salvation is from God. The whole story of Jonah, it's not some cute little story where you picture a coloring book, right? And the kids are coloring and it's a cute fish. That's not what the story... Jonah was a real person. Jesus attested to Jonah, right? By the way, Jonah lived in Galilee and the Pharisees said, hey, there's no prophet that comes out of Galilee. The Pharisees were wrong. Jonah was a real guy that grew up in outside of Nazareth in Gath-Hefer. So Jonah's a real guy. The, the fish was a real whale. And this repentance thing actually happened. And I think we'll see some Ninevites when we die. How about that? And we're going to see Jonah too. That's going to be pretty cool. So Jonah, what was it really like? <laughs> um, so God is the hero of the story. God is the hero. God is sovereign. He does what He wants. He can use a whale. God's got whale tails. And it's His grace, really. Without God's grace, what do you have? You have nothing. You have, you have miser- misery, really. Um, you know, this God loves all His creation thing. You know, why did God throw in the animals? Did you think about that? I mean, there's another scripture that... T- it says the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel, but the righteous man takes care of the need of his animals. So it's like, I'm thinking, God, what, what's with the animal thing here? And what I think is that when God made His creation right in Genesis, what did it say each day after He made it? And it was good. So cows are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after... <laughs> Cows are good. Chickens are good. (laughs) Right? And God knew that. So, God's creation was good. He cares about animals. He cares about animals that feed Ninevites, right? Yeah. So, God is good. Um, And, you know, Pastor uh, mentioned Amazing Grace uh, as his closing uh, words to Amazing Grace. 
uh, especially um, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Think about Jonah. Do those words fit Jonah? They do, but did he see them at first? No, no. And so I think sometimes um, we don't want God to deal with us. We don't want to go to that deep level because the hurt and the pain is just there. And it's better to just escape it. Or like Jonah, I just want to die. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to give up. I hate this. I can't stand it. And I'm not doing it. Have Have you ever been there? But God gently, slowly keeps after us. And eventually we come to see Okay, God, it was your grace. It's your grace. I'm a wretch, God. I admit it. I'm poor, pitiful, naked, wretched, and blind. And it's only by your grace I was saved. It's only by your grace I'm forgiven. And it's only by the grace of God that my mind is going to be renewed. I'm going to be transformed into your likeness from glory to glory. Is that good? Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.